Hey everybody, this is Pastor Terry. I'm so glad you joined me this evening for another midweek Bible study. I'm looking forward to getting into the Word of God with you this evening. And, uh, well, we just came through Thanksgiving and, and a little bit different this year, you know, with, uh, with the COVID and all that going on, but, uh, uh, but we got through it and here we are. And so, uh, now we're moving into Christmas time and, uh, it's a wonderful time of the year and, uh, I'm just, uh, just, just trusting the Lord that, uh, we'll, uh, we'll just move right on through Christmas and get into the new year and, uh, looking, looking for some good things. But, uh, hey, let's get into the Word of God here this evening. I want to talk to you tonight about the subject that God is able. God is able. And, uh, that's something that we need to always remember that, that God is able. Well, I like the sound of that. God is able. You know, you know, he has the ability, uh, the, 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 the capability of getting done whatever needs to be done. I like that. God is able. He has the ability, the capability of getting done whatever needs to be done. He has the ability to accomplish whatever needs to be accomplished. He has the power he has the skill, he has the means, he has the proficiency, he has the intelligence to do whatever it is that needs to be done. Uh, you know, uh, God has given us, all of us, different abilities, and, and in many of the situations of life, he's given us abilities to do things, and when God has given us an ability to do something, then we need to, 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 to do it. And trust him as we do whatever it is where he's given us the ability to do. You know, a lot of people have been given abilities, but they want God to do everything. You know, and, and, and God is not going to do for us what he's given us the ability to do. Uh, and, and when he's given us an ability, we need to operate in that ability and certainly trust him to help us. But you know, there's a whole lot of things that you know as well as I do, we just don't have the ability to do. And when, when those, uh, uh, affairs of life come up where, where the situation calls for more than what we have the ability to do, well, that's when we look to God. That's when we look to the Lord Jesus Christ because He is able. You know, uh, when, when we don't have the ability, He does. And so, uh, what, what I want to do tonight here is I just want to look through the Word of God and look at several scriptures and look at some areas where the Bible brings out that God is able. So let's do that. Let's start off in Hebrews, the seventh chapter, Hebrews, the seventh chapter and the 25th verse. The Bible says, therefore, he talking about God, talking about the Lord Jesus, he is also able to save to the uttermost. Oh, wow. Wow, that's that's good news, isn't it? Jesus is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. Well, well, well that, that's fantastic that God is able, Jesus is able to save to the uttermost. You know, there's nobody that's beyond God's saving ability. You know, I think about the different people in the Bible and, you know, we could... We could list, make a list a mile long of the different people in the Bible that you, you know, you would look at and you would think that, you know, they're, they're beyond God's saving grace. But, 
Nobody is beyond God's ability to save. The Bible just said that he saves to the uttermost. I think about Zacchaeus, you know, that little fellow that was up in the tree. You know, he was he was a shyster. He really was. He was a thief. He was a crook. But, you know, Jesus came over to his house. And, uh, you know, he, somebody that was Zacchaeus, he, I mean, he was a criminal. But, but God's saving grace reached him. And, and, and again, Jesus was able to save to the uttermost the woman taken in adultery. Many people would have written her off. But Jesus, you know, he, he said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. His, his saving power reached her. Think of the maniac of Gadara. I mean, a man with a legion of demons in him. Think about that. And, uh, and, and when Jesus got finished with him, when his saving power got finished with the maniac of Gadara, he became the minister of Decapolis. Just think about that. From a maniac to a minister. He, he became an evangelist. Jesus, his saving power set the maniac free and made a, made a evangelist out of him. Think about that. Nobody's beyond God's saving grace and saving power. God is able to save to the uttermost. I think about, you know, I think about the criminal on the cross. You think about that. That, you know, when I say criminal on the cross, you know, Jesus was crucified, but in the middle of two criminals, one on either side. And, and, uh, you know, the one of them, uh, now, now both of them were reviling Jesus when, when, when they went up on the cross, but one of those thieves repented. And remember, he cried out to Jesus and said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And, and Jesus said to him, you know, some of the greatest words you could ever hear. Jesus said, you know, I say to you this day, you'll be with me in paradise. I mean, think about that. This guy was a common criminal, you know, a, a murderous thief. And, uh, and, 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 and Jesus' saving power reached that guy on his deathbed, so to speak, right there hanging on that cross. Jesus can save to the uttermost. And, 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 you know, we think about, you know, these people I mentioned, and we could, we could mention others, you know, like, like Saul of Tarsus, who became the Apostle Paul. I mean, you know, he, he was a bad guy. He really was. He, he went about persecuting Christians and, and, and had them imprisoned and beaten and put to death and all, all of that. That's Saul of Tar Tarsus, you know, bad guy. But God's saving power, the saving power of Jesus, reached him and God was able to save him and turn him in uh, from Saul of Tarsus to Paul the Apostle. You think about God's saving ability through the Lord Jesus Christ took took one of the nastiest people that you'd ever want to meet. You, you know what I mean as far as uh, persecuting of Christians goes, uh, uh, Saul of Tarsus, and turned him into the leading apostle of the church. Think about that. You know, right up there with Peter, James, and John. Think, think about that. Jesus is able to save to the uttermost. And now, you know, and we're just talking about New Testament people. You know, we, we could go to the Old Testament and I could come up with a list of them that, that, that are as bad, maybe worse than what we just mentioned here. I think about, uh, Manessa, maybe the, one of the most evil men in all the Bible. And, uh, and, and, uh, you know, you can study his story. And, uh, I mean, he was, he was a bad, bad man. But you know what? God's saving power reached him and, and he repented. And, and there's many others I could mention, you know, and, and I'm thinking about God's ability to save to the uttermost. You know, we're thinking about, uh, 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 you know, like criminals and things like that. But, you know, God, God can save on the other end too. What do you mean on the other end too? Well, you know, there's some good people in the Bible 
that, that needed to be saved. We need to remember this, you know, everybody needs to be saved. There, you know, we think always about the, the criminals and the murderers and the adulterers, the drunkards, you know, and the revilers. But you know what? Even the good must be saved. I think about Cornelius. Remember him in Acts, the 10th chapter? He was about the best man you'd ever want to find in all the Bible. And remember, an angel appeared to him as he was praying and uh, said, send for Peter and he'll tell you what you must do. <laughs> you know, I'd be thinking, well, what do you mean, what must I do? I mean, he was a good man, Cornelius, a good man, honest man, gave to the poor, prayed every day, that sort of thing. But even he needed to be saved. And then, you know, the angel said, send for Peter. He'll tell you what, what you must do, what, what you must do to be saved. And the, Peter came over, preached Jesus to Cornelius and his household. And they, they all believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and got saved. See, Jesus's power say, he, he's got the ability to save to the uttermost. Not only those it, 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 we would consider, you know, rank heathen, you know, murderous sinners, but you know what? A sinner's a sinner. You know, think about it. Cornelius, as good as he was, he needed to be saved too. I preached a message one time, even the good must be saved. You know, the, the good moral people, a lot of times it's harder to get them saved than it is a criminal. Criminal, for the most part, they know they need to be saved, but you get a lot of times people, self-righteous people that are, you know, good in conduct and this and that and the other. And it's good to be good in conduct and all of that, but that good conduct won't save you. And, 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 you know, it's, it's a lot harder sometimes to get good people saved than it is bad people. But, but, you know, good, bad, good, bad, ugly, everybody needs to be saved. And so Jesus' saving power reaches not only into the, into the deepest gutter, but his saving power reaches into the you know most excellent of moral people that that need to be born again. Jesus said you must be born again. And so what I'm trying to say here is is even Cornelius in, in all of his good works needed to be saved. Let's don't ever forget it's our good works don't save us. We're all saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether like the, remember the movie the good the bad and the ugly. No matter whether we're good we're bad or we're ugly. Don't take offense at that. I'm trying to be funny here with you, but it's the truth. Whether we're good, bad, or ugly, we all need to be saved. And Jesus' healing power, well, his healing power will reach us too if we're sick. But but his, what I'm trying to say is his, his saving power will reach anybody that will call out to him and believe on him. Praise God forevermore. Well, I'm getting excited here, but but uh, so so Jesus saves to the uttermost. I tell you what, if you can't get excited about Jesus' saving power, then well, maybe you need to get saved, you know? Okay, or or get 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 refreshed or something or other. But uh, I, I get excited about it when people get saved. So Jesus is able to save to the uttermost. Here, so so here here's another area where God is able. Look at at Hebrews. That was Hebrews seven. Look at Hebrews chapter two verse eighteen. It says for in that he himself talking about Jesus suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. Now you think about that. If you're out there and you're listening to me and you're, you know, you know, you're, you're dealing with temptations in your life, temptations to sin. The Bible just said that Jesus is able, we're talking about God is able, Jesus is able to aid those who are being tempted. So that's good news. Maybe there's an addiction in your life or something that you've been trying to break and get out of. You know, whatever, whatever it may be, whatever area you might be, uh, you know, ad addicted in. 
uh, and you've been trying to break that thing and break that thing and break that thing, and you've told God, you know, seemingly a million times that you were going to repent, and, and you're, you you do it again, and and you're sorry when you do it, and you tell Him you're never going to do it again, and then you go and do it again, you know. And 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 when people get in that cycle, that, that they're addicted to something, you know. And uh, and you tried to break that thing in your own ability. Remember, I said at the beginning of this message, God gives us abilities in areas, but sometimes, as I said. We don't have the ability, and a lot of times people get caught in an addiction, and they just don't have the ability, the power in and of themselves to to over to overcome it. But hey, the Bible said that God is able to aid you, to assist you when you are being tempted. So what you do is is next time that 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 addiction tries to grip you, you run to Jesus, run to Him, and uh, just start talking to Him about it. Just tell Him, say, say, Lord. The devil's tempted me to do whatever it is and just tell him about it. You know, I found it's better to tell Jesus about something before you sin than after you sin. You know, <laughs> you know, it, it, you know, go talk to him about it before the, before the fact and say, Lord, the devil's tempted me to, you know, to do whatever it is. And you know what? The Bible says that Jesus is able to assist you in that. So there you go. Uh, so do what I just said, and I tell you what, God's ability, his power will go into operation and break that addiction in your life. Glory to God. And then, uh, and, and right along with that, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. Notice what the Bible says here. Boy, this is really exciting. No temptation has overtaken you except such as, as is common to, to man. So what's, what is that saying? That, you know, you know, anything that you've ever been tempted to do, you're not, you're not the only one that's ever been tempted in that area. All right. And no temptation will ever come to you that, that, that it hasn't come to other people also. And I want to tell you this. The Bible says that Jesus, I'm talking about the Lord. He was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. He never sinned. He never gave in to temptation one time. That's one of the reasons he has the power and the ability to, to break that, that, that addiction in our life and to help us when we're being tempted. And he, he really does. He, he, he was tempted in all points. He overcame. He knows what Jesus knows what it's like to be tempted in all areas. He was tempted in areas that we've never really been tempted in and he overcame all sin, never sinned once. And so he's got the, the power to help us when temptation comes our way. And uh, it says right here, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to, to human beings. But God is faithful, listen to this, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Think about that. He won't even allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that we might be able to bear it. See, now, in and of ourselves, we don't have the ability a lot of times, but if we'll look to God, we, we he is able, and, and we've got good news here. God won't let anything get into the, you know, you've heard of boxing, you know, boxing rings or wrestling, wrestling rings, you know, the, 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 the square, they call it the squared circle, you know, and you get in that ring, you see boxers go in there and, and box or wrestlers go in there and wrestle and all of that. Good news is God won't let anything in the ring with you that, that you can't really whip or beat 
uh, if, if you'll operate in his power and in his ability. Okay, let's read it again. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. So, I mean, uh, there's things going to come to us that we're going to be tempted with, and we're going to have to get in the ring, so to speak, with, with some temptations, but God's not going to let anything get in that ring that we don't have the ability, you know, if we'll look to him to overcome. Well, that that's exciting, isn't it? And And it says right here, with that temptation, he will make the way of escape. Glory to God. That's exciting. See, his ability will make the way of escape for us. And, and his ability, it says, he'll make the way of escape that we might be able to bear it. See, his ability makes makes us able. That That's exciting. That I, I like the way I said that. Not because not I said it, but I believe the Holy Ghost gave this to me to say. His ability makes us makes us able. His, his ableness makes us able. You get what I'm trying to say? We're, you know, we're not able in and of ourselves many times. I tell you, but but when we're not, we look to His ability, and His ability will 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 come on us and make us able. Okay, it's really the the grace of God. And uh, it, so let's read this again. No temptation is overtaking you such as a common man. He's faithful. Who he won't even allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. So that's good. With the temptation, he makes a way of escape. That's exciting. And that you might be able to bear it. So there's nothing that, that God is going to let come your way that you can't overcome. And let me put it this way. Either in your own strength, and if you can't overcome it in your own strength, then his strength will come on you. His grace, his ability. See, the grace of God you know, there's saving grace, there's serving grace, and there's standing grace. And his standing grace, if you're not able to overcome something in and of yourself, if you don't have the ability, then his standing grace, his, his, his ability will come on you, and you'll be able in his power to overcome anything that comes your way. Man, that's exciting. Glory to God. So, want to sum this up. Take my time here because it's so important because there's so many people that struggle with addictions. You know, right away we think about sexual things or, or drugs or those sorts of things. But you know, there's other things too. There's eating. I know I had to dickens of a time with, with eating. I mean, I just eat. I mean, like Thanksgiving, we're talking about Thanksgiving. I'd, I'd get up, eat a big breakfast in the morning and then at noon I'd eat a big plate of food, but not just one. I'd eat maybe two or three. And then, and then in, that's at noon. Then in the evening, I'd go back and have another, you know, uh, two plates full. And, uh, my wife, now she just makes one pecan pie, but back years ago, she'd make, make, I think she'd make two of them and other, other pies. And I mean, I would eat and I'd have one, two, three pieces of pie. And then the next day when we put up our Christmas tree on Friday after Thanksgiving, you know, I'd fill my plate up again at noon a couple of times and then again, uh, you know, in that evening. And, and that was, I didn't just do that on Thanksgiving, by the way. I did that every day, you know, uh, you know, not with turkey, but other things. And, uh, it was unbelievable the kinds of, what I, the kinds of things I was eating every day. And I, it went on for year, decades. And I was killing myself and I was addicted to food. But, uh, and, and I had some abilities, all right, but I was coming up short and I was coming up short, getting heavier and heavier. 
And uh, I was digging myself an early grave with my knife and my fork and my spoon. But I tell you what, finally I just looked to God's ability and his ability came on my ability. I like what one guy says. He says, you know, we talk about the supernatural and he's super and we're natural and his super comes on our natural. And, you know, I yielded myself to him and his super came on my natural and he gave me the ability to control what I'm eating and, uh, and, and the ability to, to the, 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 the desire to exercise and, 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 and run. And you know what? Now I'm not addicted to food anymore. I'm, I'm addicted to exercise. But you know what? If you're going to be addicted to something, that's not such a bad addiction. But the point I'm trying to make here is, is that, is that no matter what comes your way, God won't even let that negative temptation even get in the ring with you if you can't whip it. Okay. And what I want to get through to you is that you might be able to whip some things in and of your own ability, but if you can't, then you've got God's ability, his, his standing grace, his ability will come on you. And like it came on me with the eating thing and, uh, and, 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 and he'll help you to overcome it and he'll make the way of escape. Glory to God. And, uh, he made the way of escape for me with my food. And now my cholesterol numbers are, are, are far greater and better. Well, I say greater. They're better. They're better than they've been. And, 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 and so he, he made a way of escape for me and what he did for me, he'll do for you in whatever area it is. Okay. So anyway, he's able to aid us in temptation and then, Hey, go to Jude, the, the book of Jude. There's only one chapter, but verse 24, here's another area where God's able, uh, says now to him, speaking of the Lord, who is able to keep you from stumbling. Wow, I like that. God is able to keep us from stumbling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. I mean, now that's exciting right there. God is able to keep us from stumbling or, or from, from tripping and falling. Isn't that, I mean, that's good news. You know, there's a lot of things in life that'll trip us up. And, and cause us to stumble and cause us to fall. And, but the Bible says that God is able to keep us from stumbling. I mean, that's exciting. That, that's just really good, good stuff right there. And then here's another one. Somebody says, well, what if I, what if I, what if I didn't look, what if I didn't look to the Lord and I've already fallen, Pastor Terry? You know, and I'm down for the count, so to speak, you know. You know, like a, like a boxer, you know, he gets hit and then he's down for the count, you know. Well, look at this, Romans 14, 4. Watch this. Good news for you. It says this. It says, who are you to judge another servant? Well, now we could preach a whole message right there, but let's move on here. Uh, so we shouldn't be judgmental, but let's move on. To his own master, he stands or falls. He will be made. It says, indeed, he will be made to stand. But here's what I want to get to. God is able to make him stand. So good news, God is able to keep you from stumbling. But if you have stumbled, if you have fallen, the Bible says that God is able to make you stand again. Glory to God. He's able to, I mean, I tell you what, if you look to him, he'll keep you from stumbling. But if you do stumble, he's able to pick you up, dust you off, and then just go right on down the road. That, I mean, that's exciting. God is able. I think about the prodigal son. You know, he was in his father's house doing just fine. He said to daddy, give me my stuff. I want to go out and live my own life. And the daddy gave him what was his. And he went out. And long story short, 
Long story short, you know, he's, he squanders all his money with riotous living, with the harlots, all of that, winds up in the pig pen. He's fallen now, hasn't he? Now, if he'd have stuck with his father to start with, he would have never stumbled. See, God's able to keep us from stumbling. But if we do fall like the prodigal son, he, he fell from the high, he went from the highest of the heights to the lowest of the lows. He's in a pig pen eating, eating with the pigs. But you know what? In the pig pen, he repented. The Bible said he came to his senses and he returned back to his father's house. And you know what? Long story short, his daddy accepted him back and, and cleaned him up, put a robe, robe, robe on his back, a ring on his finger, threw a party and accepted him back. His dad was able to make him stand again. So, hey, God's able to keep you from stumbling. But if you do stumble, he's able to pick you up and make you stand again. Well, that's exciting, isn't it? And then here's another one. Romans 4.21 says this, and being fully convinced or fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Well, that's exciting. The Bible just told us here that whatever God has promised, he is able also to perform. Something you need to know about God, he's not just a talker. He's a backer upper. You know, no cheap talk with the Lord. God says something, he makes a promise, he's able to back it up. So you, I tell you what, you find any promise in the Bible that God has made to you, I've got good news for you, he is able to perform it. The Bible says that he watches over his word to perform it. So if God's made a promise, he's able to back it up. That's good news, isn't it? And then here's another one, Acts 20, verse 32. Acts 20, verse 32 says, So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Glory to God. God's able to build you up and give you an inheritance. I mean, we could preach for an hour on that. Let's go on, just get you some scriptures here on where the Bible says God is able. Second Corinthians 9, 8. Look at what, what the Bible says here. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Well, there it is. All grace, all kinds of grace, saving grace, serving grace, standing grace, his ability. God is able to make all, all of his grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency and all things may have an abundance for every good work. I mean, God is able, isn't he? I mean, that's exciting. He's able to make all grace, saving grace, serving grace, standing grace. He's able to make all of his grace abound toward you so that you will always have all sufficiency in all things. God doesn't want you to just barely get by. He wants you to have an abundance of sufficiency in all things, that you may have an abundance for every good work. Glory to God. God does. I mean, he doesn't want you, as I said, to just barely get by. He wants to fill you up. He doesn't even just want to fill you up. He wants to run you over. He's able to do it. He's able to do it. Uh, and why does he want to run you over? Well, you see, he fills us up to bless us, but he runs us over so we can be a blessing to somebody else. Glory to God. You know, remember the psalmist said, Psalm 23, my cup runs over. And then the promise to the tither in Malachi, the third chapter, that God would pour out a blessing, that there wouldn't be room enough to receive it. See, God fills us up 
to be a blessing to us, but he runs us over so we can be a blessing to others. And he's able to do both. Fill us up and run us over. Glory to God. That's exciting. And then look at Ephesians 3 verse 20. Look at this. It says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. Wow, you talk about you talk about a promise there, but God's able to back it up. What does he say here? Ephesians 3:20, one of the greatest verses in the Bible, to him who is able, to him, to God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. I mean, it'd be good news if he just said God's able to do above. But he didn't just say that. He said that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all, I mean, boy, each word just gets more exciting there, exceedingly, exceedingly. Uh, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. I can ask and think pretty big. How about you? But no matter how big you can ask or think, as long as it's in line with the word of God now, in line with his will, no matter how big you can ask or think, God is able, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all of that. He's a big God and he's able. Glory to God, that's exciting, isn't it? And you know what? Jesus is able when nobody else is. Look at Revelation chapter three. Revelation chapter three, I'm sorry, Revelation chapter five, verse verse three. Revelation chapter five, watch this, Revelation chapter five, Verse three, Jesus is able when no one else is. Notice the, the apostle John here in Revelation chapter five, uh, verse three says, cause he, he had been caught up to heaven, you know, and there was that heavenly scroll, you know, that book with the seven seals. And the Bible says no one in heaven or earth, no one in heaven or on earth, no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth. Well, that sums it up. Heaven, earth, and hell. There was no one in heaven, no one on earth, or no one under the earth. That's that's in, in, in hell. No one. Watch this. No one was able to open the scroll or to look at it. That's that book with seven seals, if I'm not mistaken. Book with seven seals. And remember, John was sorrowful because no one was worthy. No one was able to open it. And verse four, so I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and to read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, watch this, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed. That means is able to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. There it is, that book with seven seals. You know who the lion of the tribe of Judah is, the root of David, you know, the, the offspring of David after the, after the flesh? That's Jesus. Jesus is the only one that there is who is able to open that, open that scroll. Thank God Jesus is able when nobody else is. Man, I tell you, he's able to heal when nobody else can. I think of that woman with the issue of blood, you know, who, who had an issue of blood all those years, had suffered many things and many physicians, was nothing better but rather grew worse. Remember? When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be healed. Remember that? Well, nothing nothing against physicians. I believe in good hospitals, good doctors, good medicines. But we ought to believe more in Jesus. And, and that woman with that flow of blood for 12 years, you know, 
She went to the doctors. Nothing wrong with that, but they couldn't help her. What are you going to do when the doctors can't help you? Huh? Well, I tell you what, Jesus can. What happens if somebody has COVID and they, they can't get into the hospital? You know, Jesus can help you. He can. He's able. Glory to God. And, and I think of those physicians who couldn't help the uh, woman with the issue of blood. She would, She went to them. They couldn't help her. She was getting worse instead of better. But Jesus was able to help her when the physicians weren't. And again, I believe in good, good hospitals, good doctors, good medicines. What are you going to do when they can't help you? What are you going to do when they're not able? Well, then we have to look to Jesus. And, and we ought to look to him first anyway, because he's always able. Amen. And uh, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly, all, beyond all we could ask or think. He's able to, to heal people when the doctors can't. He's able to mend relationships when the counselors can't. He could put uh, uh, marriages back together, you know. Uh, he, he, Jesus can do what all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't do. Remember, all Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty back together again. They weren't able. But I tell you, who can put Humpty Dumpty back together? Jesus can put Humpty Dumpty back together. Now, I didn't have that in my notes, but that just that just came to me. I think it would fit in real good right there. Jesus is even able to put Humpty Dumpty back together when nobody else can. Glory to God. I'm just so glad that I'm that that Jesus is my Lord. How about you? And then and then uh, just a few more of these. This is a good one here. They're, they're all good. But this is a good one here. You know, Revelation thirteen four in the book of Revelation, uh, God is able to defeat the devil. Now I know that Jesus defeated the devil when when he died on the cross and when he rose from the dead. I understand that the Bible said he dethroned principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly. He triumphed over the devil, over death, hell, and the grave. He got the keys of hell and of death. He he came out of the tomb on resurrection morn and said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Yes. Uh, you also need to realize that, that it goes back to the garden of Eden and, 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 and the, the, the authority that God gave Adam, Adam gave to the devil. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he did defeat the devil and all of that. But the devil does still have some power and some, some, some legal rights here in this earth. The Bible in the New Testament calls him the prince of the power of the air. Uh, the God that's with a small G, G-O-D, the God of this world system. So the devil does have, have some rights still here in the earth. Um, but, but I'm going to read this to show you that ultimately God is, is going to defeat the devil. Jesus is going to do it. Here, look at this. Revelation 13, 4. So they worship the dragon. This is during the tribulation period now, but, but, but this, this, this is exciting. So they worship, this is Revelation 13, 4. So they worship the dragon who gave authority to the beast and they worship the beast saying, who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? This is talking about the beast, you know, the Antichrist. Who is able to make war with him? Well, I think we all know who's able to do that. <laughs> His name would be Jesus. And let's see what happens when we go over to Revelation 19, verse 11. John says, because the question is, who is able to make war with the devil, to make war with the Antichrist, with the beast. Look at Revelation 19, verse 11. He says, John says, I, now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. 
Ooh, glory to God. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. Verse 19, and I saw the beast. So Jesus, who is able? Jesus is able. Jesus shows up right on that white horse. Glory to God. I tell you what, I'm looking forward to seeing that white horse. I'm more looking forward to seeing Jesus. I mean, of course. But I want to take a look at that horse. I tell you what, it's better than the Lone Ranger's horse. Silver, I guarantee it to you. Jesus has a better horse than the Lone Ranger. But watch this. Verse 19, And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, the armies, who's able to make war with, with the beast? Right here, Jesus is. He says, I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. Then the beast was captured and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Who is able to make war with the beast and overcome him and defeat him? Jesus is. Jesus is able. Glory to God. Well, that's exciting. Hey, I want to close with this. Matthew uh, verse 9. Let's let's close with this. Matthew verse 9. And... Uh, I want to say some things to you about God's ability to heal. Of course, over the last several months, we've been talking about the healing power of God on Sunday mornings. But I, I want to show you here in this verse, in this message, that Jesus is able to heal. Uh, look at my, Matthew uh, 9, Matthew 9, verse 27. Uh, now, now listen carefully here. When Jesus departed from there, from that place that he was, two blind men followed him crying out and saying, Son of David, so they're referring to him as the Messiah, have mercy on us. And when Jesus came into the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? Now, to do what? To give them their sight back. You know, it's no easy thing to open blind eyes. That's a difficult thing. And Jesus asked them a question, do you believe that I am able to do this? Then they said to him, yes, Lord. Now that's a good answer. That's the right answer. Yes, we believe that you're able to do this. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened. Now that's, that's exciting. That is really exciting. And Jesus is able to heal. Listen, he saves to the uttermost. As we said earlier, he heals to the uttermost. Absolutely, there's no sickness, no disease that is too hard for God's healing power. And uh, he says to them, though, he says, according to your faith, let it be to you. And then their eyes were opened. Now, that's exciting. And here's what I want you to grab a hold of. He said, according to their faith, let it be to you. See, they were not able, they didn't have the power, and nobody else on earth had the power to open their blinded eyes. Only Jesus could do that. And so they weren't able in and of themselves, but what they, now listen, what they were able to do was to believe in his ability. See, they didn't have the ability to open their eyes, but they could believe in his ability. So they had the ability to believe in God's ability. And that's what I want you, I tell you what, if you, if you don't remember anything else out of this message tonight, remember this. We have the ability to believe in God's ability. 
So if you're there and you feel like you're defeated and you're not able to overcome and this, that, the other, well, what does the Bible say? This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Let's place our faith in him. So, hey, we, yeah, we have the ability to do some things, but a lot of things we don't have the ability to, 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 to do, you know. But when those things come up in our life, we have the ability to believe in God's ability. Get a hold of that. If you're taking notes, write that down. We have the ability to believe in Jesus's ability. And that's what these blind men did. They didn't have the ability to open their eyes, but they had the ability to believe in his ability. Oh, that's so good. Get that. Again, if that's the only thing you get out of this message, get that. We have the ability to believe in Jesus's ability. And that's what these blind men did. They had the ability to believe in Jesus's ability. And when they believed in his ability, their eyes were opened. I tell you what, when we put our faith, we exercise our ability to believe in Jesus's ability, his power will go into operation and he's able to get the job done. And notice here, as I close with this, in Matthew 8, verse 2, watch this. We talked about two blind men, but now look at this leper here. Watch this. Notice this. We're talking about God's ability, but watch this. Matthew not, Matthew 8, verse 2. And behold, a leper came and worshiped Jesus, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Why did I read this? Because I want you to understand something. God is not only able to bless you and help you and, and, and save you and prosper you and heal you. He's not only able to do it, but he's also willing to do it. He's also willing to do it. And that's what I want to leave you with here tonight. You know, God is certainly able, but you need to understand this. He's also willing. And when that leper, when, when, uh, when he said, Lord, if you're willing, you can read it right there. Jesus didn't have to think about it. He didn't have to ponder just that quick. He said, I'm willing to be cleansed. See, and most people that I've talked to over the years, they, they, they'll admit God is able. That's not really that where most people are really hung up is, is God able? They'll say, yeah, God's able. Where most people are hung up is, is he willing? Is he willing to, to do it for me? I know he'll do it for everybody else, but will he do it for me? The Bible says he's no respecter of persons. He's able, but you need to understand he's also willing. He's willing not only to heal everybody else, he's willing to heal you. He's willing to help you, okay? So don't ever forget that, okay? So God is able but he's also willing. Like I said, a lot of people are hung up on that. You know, yeah, he's able. They know he's able, but is he willing? Absolutely. He is able and he is willing. So I tell you what, I trust this blessed you tonight. And let's just, no matter, I tell you what, no matter what lay ahead here in the next weeks, months, and into the next year, remember this, nothing that has happened is happening or is going to happen, is catching God by surprise. Let's don't ever forget that. And no matter what comes, let's remember this message that I taught here this evening. Let's remember all these different points. But let's always remember that no matter what happens, God is able, 
He's more than able and he's willing to be right there with us and see us through. Okay? Well, I hope this encouraged you tonight. I trust that it did. And uh, hey, uh, I'll see you uh, on Sunday morning. We're going to have something, uh, I think, that'll be a blessing to you at Summit Church uh, right here in Fenton at, at 10 a.m., and then we'll pick up with something else right here next Wednesday evening. So God bless you. And remember, Jesus is able. God bless you. Okay, bye-bye.